I'm Matthew. I'm Marty. I'm Carlos. And we are the Heroes 3. Heroes 3, the bi-weekly podcast where three friends explore the best, worst, and everything in between in the world of Asian cinema. This week we're taking a look at the 1982 film Legendary Weapons of China. Yeah. And this is the final movie that we're doing for our Lao Kar Long arc. And it is quite a movie to finish on. <laughs> um, this, I feel like this movie has the most in common with Spooky Encounters of all the movies that we've done so far, which is really fun because that was a super fun movie yeah um and it's cool to get see some crazy chinese magic thrown back in there so uh uh, marty why'd you pick this movie well i think i don't know it represents lao garlong better than perhaps any of his other films and a big part of that is because he plays a really substantial role in the movie yeah yeah he's very much stars in the movie yeah he's the character everyone is trying to get to and um you know, ultimately, he's the center of kind of the most significant fight sequences and really kind of changing of characters' perspectives and everything. And he also is scoring off against his brother, Lao Garwing. Mm-hmm. And so, anyways, I, I, it's almost like this incredible, like, historical document, just seeing <laughs> the two of them work together. But also, there's some just beautiful sequences of Lao Garlong, you know, fighting with Gordon and just knowing the deep and significant relationship that they have. It's just, I don't know, there's there's a lot of reasons for that. But it, like some of the other films in this arc, uh, I wouldn't argue that it's uh, a perfect film by any stretch of the <laughs> imagination. And like you're yeah. saying, with the spooky encounters, um, that is it it is true there's a lot of strange magic in the film that i would almost argue wouldn't be necessary um for kind of the other the other half of what this film is about which is this retired it, it's kind of like the old you know gunslinger who's like hung up his spurs and um, yeah, yeah very much yeah, but and it's showcasing all of these it's like the title says it's kind of sensationalizing the various you know chinese martial arts weapons Mm. i sort of feel like there was there would have been enough there to kind of build a whole movie around and the the magical elements also really interesting i think there might be a movie there for me where the two meet is really interesting and entertaining um i don't know whether it totally all works but there's (laughs) i think there's so much there's so much going for this movie that uh, not to overuse the word, but really it's some legendary uh, on-screen sequences. And it's great okay. to have Welker along in, in front of the camera as often as he is here. You said that you weren't sure if it worked, but it definitely worked on me, man. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> oh, I'm, well, I'm glad. I'm super glad. This is one of those films where you get, it's like all these crazy things thrown into one uh, bucket and they're just shaking it up really hard, you know? And mm-hmm. it all mixes Shake and up. Bake. And, yeah. Yeah, and it's just you end up with this crazy, crazy mix of different uh, things that you didn't expect. And the energy and the choreography, the complexity of things in this film is really satisfying to the eye. Yeah. And Lao Garlong's, uh, again, I've said this before, but 
the way that he romanticizes martial arts and kung fu in film like it just turned up like way up in this film and yeah yeah i couldn't get enough of it It okay no Mm -hmm. i'm I'm so glad and also it's uh you know this is kind of a later period shaw brothers film and i think it just looks beautiful like there's so Mm -hmm. much natural lighting it's actually i think a really great bridge from say like kind of the golden era chop sake to more of the like choi hark renaissance of the early 90s um Mm -hmm. anyways it's just yeah beautiful uh beautiful looking film wonderfully shot and Mm -hmm. no i'm so glad that that's working where those those things collide i think similar to to again some of the other lao garlung films it it might take uh, a repeated viewing to track some of the story beats honestly particularly in the yes. beginning um and yeah, they I, throw I could, out a lot yeah. of proper nouns at the very beginning <laughs> hey. of the movie that whenever i watched it the second time i was like oh okay that's who that guy is and that's how these are all connected yeah i think there, but, there's there is a really clear and i think powerful story underneath it i um mm-hmm. I, yes i i think you could shave shave 15 or 20 minutes out of the movie <laughs> and really kind of tight you know tighten things up and and i wouldn't I wouldn't miss too much personally, but, uh, but I do, I mean, I love the thing from, from beginning to, you know, beginning to end. It would also help if they got the dubbing team to say the same names for the same characters. And also (laughs) there's like, there's a translation oddity to me. Like they use this term pugilism. They use the word pugilism and pugilist a lot in the movie. It's kind of. What that pugilism is boxing. It's. Yeah. It's just like fighting. fighting. Yeah. So I think and that fighting. Yeah, the it doesn't boxing... really represent what's on screen because the pugilism, they mean that it's, it's something magical. It's something, yeah. some kind of spiritual yeah. power. Yeah, you get... I feel like they could have just said fighters or something and like use fighters like with a capital F or something, you know? Like, yeah. Then that would have just as much meaning. So yeah, the dub is pretty uh, easily accessible. Oh, if you have Amazon Prime. It's on Amazon Prime. And yes. Right. It, yeah, the movie looks great. The dubbing is very fun, but it's they really discard fun, yeah. like some uh, very specific terms that when you watch the film for the first time, you're not really going to understand what they're talking about. But um, yeah, if you can track down, uh, I got a DVD. It's kind of a compilation of like four films and it's on there. And uh, the subtitle version really clears a lot up for you. <laughs> Say, Carlos, what do they do? They refer to it as pugilism in the not in at all sub that. No, oh, do you remember? Do you remember what they? The terms they that they use it? are spiritual boxing. Okay, uh, see, Mao Shan right. is the clan that uses like the voodoo. Yeah, yeah. And uh, magic fighters is like uh, the uh, like tea house uh, clan. So oh, okay. and and they're under like the boxer clan. So they're talking about like this takes place during like the boxer rebellion, which is mm-hmm. like um, yeah, Asian forces uh, against foreign uh, military. And one of the things that's a really strong point of this film is that they're looking for a way to defeat foreign firearms. And their perspective is that their Kung Fu can get good enough to withstand like a bullet, which actually, as I was looking into the Boxer Rebellion, that was an actual fact about that uh, conflict. Yeah, that the... um, the boxers, the bo- and the, this is a term that they were given by foreign forces because they'd see Chinese martial artists fighting and they referred to them as boxers. Right. And um, yeah, so you lose all of that 
in the dub. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah, they basically kind of use this kind of term of pugilist, which doesn't yeah. really land. Which would work for boxing, like in the West. Yeah. But yeah, they kind of have assigned it sort of to the wrong clan. Mm-hmm. Um, Regardless, I, I, it's it's yeah, still it, like it's super a hilarious dub though. Yeah. yeah, hopefully, like what <laughs> you lose in like accurate translation, you make up for. And if you picturing in your mind like the stereotype of a kung fu dub, let's say you've never even seen a full kung fu movie, it's kind of what this dub sounds like. Mister T, do you remember when the Yeo Society was formed? Who was the assistant master? The pugilism expert, Lei Kung. That's right. Yeah. You know, great, yeah. great pauses that aren't like in the middle of a sentence. Um, Those kind of sped up line readings to fit in with the yeah. action. And yeah, this is this is kind of the second or third string kind of dub crew. You do you do hear them in some classic movies of this period. Uh, not not as often as, you know, some of the voices that we've encountered in other movies. But yeah, we were uh, talking before we were rolling in particular the dude who's voicing Gordon Liu's character. <laughs> this, oh my gosh! I... What is up there? Uh, oh, it's a storeroom. Storeroom. Are you sure? Yeah, of course it is. It's yeah. I don't know how this uh, how this flew, especially because you, you know even by this time we think of Gordon as kind of the face of kung fu, right? Mm-hmm. And he's incredible in this film as he always is. <laughs> And, and his character is supposed oh, to be like man. this kind of mysterious stranger in town that yeah, has a really hat over his face. Yeah. But then whenever you hear his voice, it... Uh. Wait, what is, what it? is it, mister? Someone's up there. No way. Impossible. It's only a storeroom. No one. I heard a noise. Oh, probably that stupid cat. You have a cat? Oh, oh man. So and yeah, so there's a ton of stuff going on in this film. So I guess we should probably start talking. Yeah, we should probably yeah, jump into the it. movie itself. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, to kind of introduce to the film, let's take a look at the back of the VHS. The body of a martial artist can withstand supernatural limits, but even a master isn't invincible. Boxer clan pillar Lu Gun has vanished after disbanding his school, and competing branches of the boxer clan have marked him as a traitor to be killed. Now, in the village of Guangdong, three assassins hunt the one man that is the master of all 18 legendary weapons of China. Presenting an action-packed look into the occult, and a testament to the ancient skills of war. Kara Hui, Xiao Ho, Gorin Liu, and Lao Kar Wing are about to face the true martial arts of star and director Lao Kar Lung in Legendary Weapons of China. So, a quick note just about the uh, the wonderful Shaw Brothers logo and, and fanfare. I feel like in this version on on the Amazon Prime streaming, it just sounded a lot clearer than I feel like any other version that oh I've heard. Oh my gosh, so I, I had the same. I had the same reaction. Okay. Um, yeah. I'm glad it wasn't just me. It just felt it was weird because it felt like it it was really crisp and clear, and it like ran all the way to the end. It doesn't have that awkward like fade away that that most of the versions so far I've seen do. It's yeah, a, I wonder if it has anything to do with uh, maybe the quality of the or the preservation of the sound materials from like this dubbing mm-hmm. team or this you know whatever house was responsible for this. Um, I don't know. I I'm glad though. Yeah, so. I didn't really notice a difference. Yeah. I I was watching it 
mostly on that DVD because yeah, yeah, it's dual better audio subtitles. Yeah, mm. but the the first scenes we get in the movie, just like the the previous Slaw Car Long films, and most I, is it all? Do all Shaw Brothers movies begin this way? Because I feel like all the ones I've seen do, but. Uh, no, not um, necessarily. I mean, but it was extremely popular from, you know, yeah. like late 70s, early 80s. But we get the whole people in a in a room doing basically doing whatever the big style of the movie is going to be and kind of introducing you to the to the players and, and what how they're how they're going to be beating people up in the movie, essentially. And for uh, freeze but, frame fans out there, this is a great. Yes. Oh, opening. the best! The the very first freeze frame is probably the goofiest, oh. just because <laughs> yeah. it's just it's loud. Car long going coming in on a horse, and he just stands up on the horse and just freeze frame. <laughs> <laughs> he like he's not even it's doing like, anything. He's not jumping off of it or. we accidentally put the freeze frame here yeah i I don't know what you're talking about it looks great it's not laugar long but it's uh yeah it's the uh tia house character the young the young uh magic fighter but regardless oh my god (laughs) i was laughing so hard at that well he's got a great uh like face framing haircut so he's a little hard to like make out (laughs) <laughs> from a distance but yeah, yeah he's but they, uh, great actor Xiao Ho, and he appears in some other um some other Lao garland movies from yep from the time and this also this opening is a little darker both both literally and and figuratively because yeah. it is the other one the other movies watched so far either the room is completely white or like there's maybe a red drape or something but this one the room is completely black besides just whoever's lit up in the foreground and it's just showing them off, uh, them showing off all these weapons. And every single time, it, right before it cuts to the next scene, someone's getting stabbed or sliced or or, right. or cut in some way. And What's the great music about the black is really back, dramatic. Oh yeah. oh yeah. Oh, music's so good. Uh, it's cool. The uh, the text is almost like the Shaw Brothers blood red. Um, yeah, so it's really that it, red. Yeah, it really stands out against the the black background really well. Mm-hmm. And also, uh, we get to see a little bit of uh, Karahui punching yes. and swinging in this se- sequence too yeah and she shows a lot of character in this mm-hmm. segment um yeah she kind of has that like kind of a similar character that we saw in the last movie um in this i'd say especially in this opening scene almost more than we see in most of the movie yeah uh, where she's very like very sure of herself and very like kind of bouncy and kind of goofy despite you know killing lots of people yeah, yeah, it's totally. great. She kind of does like a wind pose whenever she kills the guys where she'll like yeah. dust her hands off. Uh, um, we we get to see a little bit of all these weapons. And I mean, I took mm-hmm. some notes and we could go over it, but we could save that for the end of the We'll save it to well. the end because the end literally, it literally goes through all of the weapons. Yeah. So, so the first scene of the movie proper kind of introduces us to what we're going to be seeing in the rest of this movie. And we get to see Xiao Ho, uh, who plays it. And again, confusing with the names yeah, i think they sometimes uh, say tian hao in the dub sometimes like they say tian hao and sometimes they say ti hao um i'm right. gonna go with ti hao because there's later a, a confrontation with tian hao and tian 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 yeah so yeah. it's just a lot of, of ts sounds so i'm gonna go with ti hao but ti hao is has all like these talismans all around him and like he's burning incense and like it's almost know, like he knows it, he's ritual. in the middle of like rich gifts like it's just like this is so gifable his opening yeah. <laughs> yes. sequence. Like, my favorite bit though seconds. 
My favorite bit, though, is definitely whenever he blows out the candles and then <laughs> and eats, then eats them. them. Oh, man. <laughs> I'm kind of hungry arts. right now, and it's actually, yeah, I'm <laughs> sympathizing. And then we get to see, I, I love, I, I took notes just as I was watching the movie the first time, and I literally wrote down, are these vampires? Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> there's a whole bunch of guys with black capes on the outside that are red on the inside and, you know, f- flapping all around in the room. But we, yeah, we get introduced to Tia Tien, who's played by uh, Cho Tit Wo or Cho Tit Wu. Yeah, and we saw um, him in the we saw him in the last in the last movie in Marshall Club. He was a uh, Master Wu Jung Fu, I think. Yeah, yeah, and he has these this ridiculous beard and, and eyebrows going on. And Never he, get sick of that. Yeah, his eye acting is like incredible, mm-hmm. and it's actually it it's very significant to how the magic works in this movie. Yes. Yes, it does. But he's he's in this room with all these vampire-looking guys, and uh, we see presumably like his his master uh, coming in. And this is where we get the the explanation saying that uh, this other master named Lei Kung, who pr- went to uh, like another province to to it kind of spread their their kung fu school, but then hasn't reported back. They're saying that he right. might have betrayed them. Um, and they also, this is whenever they're they like, look behind about... the camera. He's right there. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. There's a lot of this movie where people are talking about, uh, oh, you know, the guy who's being played by the guy who's right there. <laughs> right. He needs to die. But in this also, we get the explanation about how they're trying to basically train their bodies so that they can withstand getting shot by a bullet because yeah. they already are able to withstand getting sliced by a sword or a dart or an arrow. But but bullets are, are too much which I, I always find it funny whenever there's magic stuff like this in movies and they're like well obviously you can't stop a bullet that's ridiculous <laughs> right. now i'm gonna get stabbed by a sword and be okay yeah totally or you know these like throwing stars that are thrown at crazy high speeds um, mm. like those are those are blockable yeah it's cool though it's kind of like uh you know old meets new like how do yeah. we face the future it's kind yeah. of them and yeah. It's also it's like them. how do you yeah how do you contend with this like new kind of threat from Western technology? Yeah. Uh, we also I, I just I have to mention it uh, before the scene's over, kind oh, of man. as a uh, kind of for uh, for Tietian to or, or Mr. T. A couple of people call him Mr. T. Oh, yes, that was funny. I love it. What you doing, sucker? Mr. T. Uh, kind of to show off just like how basically how how cool his kung fu guys are he gets one of them using like the the voodoo doll kind of thing or it's not a voodoo doll it's like a hypnotism thing and i think he he's gets, not even using the doll yet he's just kind he's, of he's just the telling them what to do eyes and fingers yeah but he tells oh. one of them to rip his own eyes out which the person then does and then the next person rips off his scrotum, presumably. Yeah. It kind of zooms out so you don't get a good look. But he definitely but, grabs his crotch and there's and There's red some like red left. bloody organ that's like thrown away. It's uh, pretty, yeah. pretty awful. It's pretty rough. You do pretty, get I guess to see they, a nice close up of the eyeballs on the floor. Though. We do. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I can just picture Which, Tarantino like squirming with delight yeah <laughs> but you know it's funny yeah. uh on, in marshall club the last movie matthew i remember you saying like it's mm-hmm. kind of interesting the stakes are sort of lower like no one really gets 
killed yeah, no one gets or, killed. or hurt. No one gets What's maimed. interesting about Legendary Weapons of China is like most of the main characters, they do they do make it, they do survive the movie. So it has that kind of sweeter side of Lao Garmung, mm-hmm. but it's also bringing back the really graphic violence of some of his <laughs> 70s films. So it's, it's kind of interesting, like having those side yeah. by side. Yeah, I can't think of another movie that quite, quite blends them that way but yeah you're right i don't i don't think any of the main spoiler alert i don't think any of the main characters die in this movie actually mm. a lot of them get really close but usually someone someone spares them in the end yeah or it's, it's interesting yeah. there's like a theme of like maybe coercion or uh persuasion and so you know some of this clan is doing that like forcefully like through with the voodoo dolls and like the possession um, but while Garlung's character is a little more successful at like changing people's minds just with his kind of philosophical position. Mm-hmm. The other thing I wanted to mention is that Chief Lee's giving them information about finding uh, Lei Gong. And it's so funny. You think about, you know, nowadays we have cameras and stuff like this. But back then they basically had to go by you know characteristics so he lets them know oh, right. that yeah it's a that, really rare characteristic yeah, in a kung fu it, movie this this man is you know has a bad habit of uh showing off his kung fu <laughs> i think that's yeah. how they refer to it in the dub yeah 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 that's what they say is a bad habit it, which is i love that because we the guy literally never shows off his kung fu until <laughs> know, it's, it's like great. it's dragged out of him yeah yeah not so only is not it ba- good. bad advice but like when it's given out they're like okay got it kung fu show off there's not gonna be any yep. confusion here yeah no I'll, one's gonna be like I'll that so <laughs> uh, and in the so in the great. subtitled version uh lee says that Lei gong is a kung fu master and he has a habit of unconsciously revealing his skills and he also mm. mentions that that's he's well versed in the 18 legendary chinese weapons so that's yeah. the kind of first official uh, time that they mentioned that in the movie. Wow, I, I do think they pass over that in the dub, which is mm-hmm. a shame. Given, I mean, it's the title of the of the film here. Yeah, you think they would they would mention that? Yeah, right. it's it's uh, it's like I said before. Like the dub is fun, but it's pretty mm-hmm. revelatory when you watch the subtitled version. You're like, yeah. wow, you miss so much. Yeah. The other thing I wanted to mention, and this has to do with the research I was doing into like the Boxer Rebellion and all this mm-hmm. stuff, is that Chief Lee in casting is listed as like chief eunuch lee lian Yin. yeah yeah oh, and yeah. so i had to look this up right so i guess <laughs> apparently in order to attain some ranked positions in the imperial army during the Qing dynasty you had to be castrated mm-hmm. it was like a requirement that's i mean that's actually a fairly common thing in a lot of is it really uh, no? older societies yeah that's i mean and I hate that the only comparison I have is is Game of Thrones, but there's a very prominent sure. unit character in Game of Thrones, oh. and that's based on like a lot of medieval societies. Obviously, this is later than medieval, but yeah, that was because if you're a eunuch, then the idea was you wouldn't have ulterior motives. You wouldn't be distracted by like a relationship or, or sex or something like that. Mm, crazy. But yeah, being a eunuch, is that, that actually is a that's a thing. I did not know that. Mm-hmm. then we get to see another uh another kind of group of people that's being led by actually a character played by lao kar long's brother lao kar wing and uh his name is uh Le young right because that right. was 
Yeah. yeah. Because, again, confusing with the different names. And I don't think they say Lei Young's name until like halfway through the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's led by Lei Young. And, and this guy has a uh, like a voodoo doll. And is this scene's kind of nuts. Because yeah, he's like, um, he has all these these followers behind him. And then whenever uh, Chief Lee comes in, he basically gets all of the the followers to like kind of drop down and they're like kind of like like dang not dangling their hands but they, i mean they look like puppets yeah it looks like they're, they're hanging kind of by strings yeah and and he uses the voodoo doll to like all get them to all talk in unison yeah Mystery. did i scare you uh of course not definitely getting creepy. some temple of doom vibes here oh, oh for sure yeah, yeah. yeah but like the followers of kali yeah mm-hmm. and also this is where we first see uh gordon's character i think yeah yeah and right after this we see gordon Liu's character playing a villain which was really cool yeah because we definitely haven't seen him as a villain so far and i've never seen a movie with him as a villain so or i guess okay i guess kill bill but yeah, <laughs> um, Kill Bill is kind of the exception to to a lot of kung fu character rules. There's a great uh, Yun Wuping movie in the early '90s, Last Hero of China, that's sort of like a comedic spin off of Wong Fei Hong, and Jet Li is actually in it. Um, but uh, Gordon Liu plays the villain there. He's really okay, terrific, very cool. But yeah, you you have the sense that um, you know if Lao Gar Long asks Gordon to jump, you know he'll just ask yeah. how, ask he'll how say high. how high, yeah. yeah, or to absorb a bullet. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, oh that's that's who we see in this. And this bit's rough because oh, uh, we see Gordon is leading all these these guys who are like literally attacking each other with swords, and nothing's happening. And he gets four volunteers to run forward, and uh, four other people shoot each of them in the chest, and they seem like they're like holding it together at first, right? But then whenever Gordon turns around to like to show it to Chief Lee, then they all four of them fall behind. Him. Yeah, that's what happens when you a... get shot. You can handle it for the first, you know, <laughs> or fifteen seconds. Oh, and then man. and then you But start my favorite bit it. is then he just gets four more people to run up. Oh, I know. And... I was like, oh, geez. Yeah. It's this kind of stubborn traditionalist thing where it's like, mm-hmm. we have to find a way to do this to defeat the foreigners. And it's right. like, you guys are dooming yourselves. And, you yeah. know, Lei Gung understood this and he didn't want his students to die. So that's yeah. why he chose what he did. Yeah. Well, we're also introduced to Kara Hui's character who's in, yeah. in the balcony next to Telal Garwing. And yeah, her acting is great here because she's not really given much dialogue, I, I don't believe, in the in the beginning but uh yeah we can really almost kind of read her mind as she's watching this kind of horrible display yeah Yeah, she's part of all of this but you can see that she you know she she doesn't want them to continue on this path and uh yeah that'll affect her choices later on in the film and so now we get to see the we get introduced to all of the characters in that first bit and then we get to see all of them kind of converging without knowing who the other ones are which again this scene right. makes a lot more sense the second time you watch it because i think yeah, actually yeah, I think um so. wing's characters his his face is covered whenever we first introduced to him because he's like has the voodoo doll in front of it right. so 
we're not 100% sure who he is when we see him in this scene. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, we get to see um, our, our all our folks get to see T. Howe and uh, Kara Hui's character. Um, why don't I write it down? It's Feng Feng Xiaoqing. There, yeah. Feng Xiaoqing. And she's kind of doing the classic um, dressing up, dressing up as a dude. Yeah, um, where it's like it's pretty obvious to the audience that she's not yeah. a man, but you, it, it's it's actually very similar to "Come Drink yeah, with Me," where yeah. it's like we know that she's dressed up as a man, but she doesn't look super like a man. But <laughs> I think sometimes that that's that kind of uh, that's kind of the idea. That kind of device doesn't always track. I think with Western viewers because it's, mm-hmm. I think the the traditional like the garb that the ladies usually take on mm-hmm. reads maybe a little feminine to, I think a mm-hmm. lot of people in the West, you know? Yeah. Cause all of the outfits kind of look more feminine to people in the West, just cause it's more like silky, silky. and, and kind of like a dress. Yeah. But, but yeah, you know, you the Chinese is kind like, of, well, yeah, braid. of course he is. Yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah. And just different cultures. Yeah. And Marty, you know, you mentioned earlier about Lei Gung, you know, his life and, and kind of how he's hung it up in this whole Western genre perspective. And I didn't have mm-hmm. that while I was watching it. But now that you mention it, this kind of sets it all in a different light to me. Because this is totally oh, like sure. a Western now. Where it's oh, like yeah. the strangers are, are all converging. They have a similar goal, but they don't know who's who. And they don't know really who their target is. So, right. wow. And this... yeah, the, young, the youngsters are like really headstrong. But mm. they're still kind of impressionable. And they... They don't yeah. really have the full story yet. This totally has like Western like genre vibes. It's pretty. Oh yeah, it's pretty. Great. I could one hundred percent see this being remade into like a spaghetti Western or something. Yeah. Like I feel like it, it's funny watching these movies and seeing how East reflects West reflects East mm-hmm. whenever it comes to these movies. <laughs> and in this scene, we also get introduced to uh, another character who is really. A really goofy character that appears <laughs> yeah. like I feel like his entire character could kind of be cut out of the movie and it wouldn't really change the main plot. But he's he's a lot of fun. Yeah, I think um, there's some cultural or like pop cultural context that would help because like Alexander Fusheng plays this guy and um, Mo. He, yeah, he's a pr- he's, you know, pretty big deal at the time. And, um, you know, it's that I think it's that kind of stunt casting that would have been really engaging you know for audiences in the theater mm-hmm. um yeah and he's for a very us, it's maybe just one more character to try to keep track of and sure it maybe <laughs> gets complicated but i do love uh you know how he comes into the film and how he really commands yeah. the scenes that he's in he's mm-hmm. he's almost got like a classic comedy like almost like a marx brothers kind of oh dude totally flavor. yeah you know, or he's Three very Stooges even or something. Yeah, very animated and everything he says. Oh my and... gosh, Mo, Three Stooges, dude. Yeah, no, yeah, <laughs> totally. Yeah, because sure. if I had to pick a Stooge that he reminded me of, it, it would be <laughs> Mo actually. Yeah. yeah, and he's and like a like an old vaudeville, like his he almost literally does like a kung fu vaudeville bit later yeah, in the right. movie. Yeah, uh, right. With you know people trying to you know uh, trying to sham people out of money and yeah i will say whoever is dubbing his voice it's kind of spot on because mm-hmm. yes that yeah. dubber does a very good job don't go away <laughs> don't be afraid now i retired several years ago i'm a kind person now yeah i feel um, like maybe that i mean i don't know if they did but that person almost might have 
listen to the original audio to kind of uh, get that flavor because he really uh, accomplishes these lines really well and they almost complement each other, the original audio compared to the dub. The other thing is like Alexander Fusheng is very interesting. We haven't talked about him on the podcast before and there's a lot of really like interesting things that we could talk about. Did you guys yeah. know that he was originally going to be the lead in Snake in the Eagle's Shadow? Yeah, I oh, had I, I had read that. I think there was I'm trying to remember if it was some kind of weird contract dispute or whatever, but he was definitely being groomed to be like, you know, the next big thing. And then it sort of was happening for a while. And yeah. Then, and then didn't he actually die quite young? He, he died he just died. a year after this movie. Yeah, yeah. in a car accident. And um, mm-hmm. the people like say things because so he ended up uh, living in the house that Bruce Lee lived in. And he ended yeah. up oh, dying. Right, right. It was like something like, I forget, like 10 years to the to the week that that bruce lee passed away so Jeez. there's kind of like this weird like kind of, kind of a curse, curse or something. thing that people bring up so some pretty interesting See, i don't things. i don't believe in curses but when you hear about stuff surrounding bruce lee it kind of feels know, like like start... curses are real like yeah, yeah. there's so much weird stuff with that that's a whole episode and the yeah. whole family line and everything mm-hmm. yeah, yeah yeah but that's really interesting and um mm-hmm. so yeah they were uh filming eight diagram pole fighter yeah and um they were he was going to be the main character of that film and he died during the filming of it so they kind of had to recast it with gordon yeah right Right. and gordon lou ended up taking up that uh the main role and he appears in the film but he kind of just uh disappears part way through so uh we get introduced to this character mo and we can already tell from the beginning that he's kind of a a huckster but but all of the all of our main players are attracted because he's coming into town being like I'm, you know, saying about how cool he is and how, you know, how he's a great kung fu master, right. but he's retired. So like, this and, has got to be the guy. Yeah. And yeah, they're all like, well, yeah, well, that's exactly who we're looking for. <laughs> <laughs> I do um, like how T how's uh, he's got like an itchy trigger finger. So anytime he <laughs> yeah, notices anything strange. He just perks up and he's mm-hmm. totally focused on that character. You know, he sees the mystery man in the the, the tea house. And, you know, yeah. I think it happens like somebody stands up and his staff gets knocked and he grabs it right away without looking. And he notices that. And then Feng Xiaoqing's interaction with the doll man, who we don't know yet, is uh, pretty important. He notices mm-hmm. his movements as well. So he's just ready. And the other thing I really like is... Uh, this happens like maybe two or three times in the film, but his entrance into a shot is like a double f- front flip. <laughs> like he just yeah. launches <laughs> right, into right. the air and he like mm-hmm. uh, comes into the camera's eye, just flipping from the air. It's pretty yeah, funny. It's, it's amazing. Yeah. Shao Ho is, yeah. is awesome in this. And yeah. Speaking of great shots, this whole next scene is just full of amazing oh, shots. Man. This is Yeah. Um, this is a highlight, I think. Uh, T. Howe asks basically like, what's the most popular inn in the town and, and they, they point him to this inn where we get to see all of the, the characters kind of interacting but they don't know they're interacting at first right. but my favorite shot of this though is whenever T. Howe holds up a piece of paper that has uh, Lu Kung's or Lei Kung's again they, they call him three different things so it's <laughs> confusing um, 
holding up a picture or a paint uh, uh, a piece of paper that says like Kung's name. And uh, whenever he moves the piece of paper away, we get to see Karahui's character behind it. And it's just like perfectly framed with with the paper in the dead center yeah. and then her face in the dead center. Well, yeah. also those those earlier shots of Gordon's character in the tea house that you were mentioning. Mm-hmm. I mean, it just they're so striking and it, it's almost mm-hmm. I could see it inspiring a lot of like manga or like anime. Oh, yeah, it's a very um, anime oh, sure. thing with like like with his head looking down and like the the black big uh, like conical hat covering his face and yeah absolutely it's just this, and that's, what, and that's what makes the voice even sillier he's super badass in this and they're like ah where is he <laughs> oh man i did notice there's a lot of like dolly camera like shots too yeah like yeah. uh where it's kind of scrolling yeah past the uh, the scenery mm-hmm. well and i i just suspect that there's honestly even between this and marshall club i i feel like there's there's different equipment behind the behind the scenes or something like either the film stock or the lenses or the cameras um but just the yeah the entire look of the movie it just has a lot more lot more depth um and it's just yeah it's uh yeah really yeah really striking i think i mm-hmm. i forgot to look up who did the cinematography but yeah i can't get enough of it so what happens now is that we've got this little stakeout and they're kind of spying for uh legong and what ends up happening is that Tihao starts to notice uh Lei Yung and he kind of follows him up to a hotel room and it's listed as room A. I, I there's like a character on the door and uh at night we get a little kind of stalking like assassin scene. <laughs> but it's it's turns into something yeah. much more because not only is Tihao there but also Fang Xiaoqing and for yeah. some reason even though she's not really interacting with anyone she's wearing like an old man <laughs> like yeah she's wearing a mustache, mustache in this scene but only this scene like she never wears a mustache in the rest of the movie <laughs> yeah it looks great god this mm-hmm. this whole sequence this is one of one of my favorites for sure mm-hmm. and i don't it's one of it's one of those um kind of set pieces that i think would be it's actually really difficult to describe everything that's happening um because yeah. it's taking and taking advantage of some really specific elements of like the set and the geography of the set mm-hmm. but um yeah it's just it's really beautiful i mean basically we have you know carl Hui's character and xiao ho's character kind of up in the rafters but in different levels of yeah. the rafter um, and, and they like discover each other yeah. through uh again there's so much great visual stuff my Probably my favorite is whenever um, one of them lets down like a little hook to grab onto yeah. the the bed that they think that um, Lei Kung's in. And then the other one yeah, drops like Tia a little dart right next one, to right. it. <laughs> so it, it, they realize that they're right on top of each other. And then I, I like that those that's both of their approaches is to be all quiet. But then uh, Titan, Gordon Liu's character, just barges right in and immediately like, just grabs the sheets because he thinks that someone's underneath it. Right. And uh, it's great. And then he can hear the rustling up above. And then some of the hotel porters are saying, it's like, oh, it's cats. And then there's this great moment where then T. <laughs> Hao is like looking at Feng Xiaoqing and he's like, are you going to do it? Am I going to do it? And finally he just starts meowing. And then she kind <laughs> yeah. of like adds to the sound effects. She does like a little like mouse squeak kind of. Oh, probably that stupid cat. You have a cat? Meow. <laughs> 
Look, mister, I told you, just that stupid cat. <laughs> it's great. This also sets up their characters really well, which is they likely didn't know each other prior to the events of the film. They're from, two, you know, two different sects, but both kind of on the same same mission. And, um, I yeah, I just like seeing the growth of the two of their relationship kind of throughout the throughout the movie and this is kind of the first moment that they're working together because prior to that there's great uh fight sequence when they're kind of in the attic fighting in really close quarters um, oh man yeah which, oh god i love that material and then that's Super kind of good. what uh, that's kind of what alerted Teton. and then he's still not buying it with the you know, the meowing and everything. And eventually they keep kind of tussling up there. And one of the blades pokes through the sort of their floorboards, but the ceiling boards down below. Yeah. And yeah, without missing a beat, Gordon just like shoves his spear up into the, up into the attic. And then he's fighting with them up above there. Uh, yeah. It's, it's really, it, it's just this great kind of multi-dimensional sequence really. Yeah. The layers involved in this fight, you know, you've got that close, combat and then you've got those blades coming up there's a couple of shots where uh yeah karahui's kind of doing some cartwheels or some front rolls and the blades are just coming up like literally like half an inch behind where her foot was the instant before so it looks super tight like everything is super good there's even some wire work when you know they're trying to hang up pretty high and it just everything is seamless not not to mention just the kind of these like ninja tactics that they're kind of right, using right. like they're using mm-hmm, cloaks and mantles like to disguise themselves and they're shooting like secret like weapons out of their wrists like darts and stuff like that and also oh, the uh i mean the editing is just terrific for this whole mm-hmm. this whole sequence i mean it had you know it's kind of operating on its own kung fu rhythm or i guess not its own rhythm really the rhythm of the fight and maybe my one of my favorite moments is uh towards the end carl hui's character kind of escapes out this window and yeah shaho's going after her and gordon it seems like he gets a glimpse of him and so he's trying to fight from down below with this spear and yeah then there's some this is maybe one of my favorite uses of magic um he actually mm-hmm. like he either transfigures into a cat or is able to summon <laughs> like, a, a real cat, cat in like a puff of smoke and oh, it's great yeah i like that read that's good and then in the dub he says that's you right now. yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> she's like oh, it's like what? no it's a kitty cat <laughs> in the subtitle version he says magic fighter oh that's perfect yeah <laughs> so yeah not only, oh gosh not only is like the line the translation bad the reading is so bad the reading is bad too this is great (laughs) but so the next day we get a really great introduction to uh lei kung which is lao garlong's character where uh tihao sees him and he even thinks oh this is the guy and you know of course we know on a second viewing that this is in fact the guy but the way he gets to try to like to test him is he basically knocks him down onto a table, expecting right. him to do like some cool kung fu stuff, but he doesn't. He just kind of eats it on the table, yeah. and, and the other people try to help him. And then he starts walking away with this, uh, like this big, I don't know what you call it, but like a like a thing he's carrying on his shoulders has these two huge bundles of of wood. Yeah, like immaculately which, cut wood that like forms these yeah. perfect like cylindrical bundles. Yeah. And of course, we find out later that this is a 
like the, this weighs it, it's kind of feels like the like the weighted training gear in dragon right. ball where it's like you know it's like thousands of pounds or, or whatever yeah i think they say it's like 300 pounds or something yeah. right and then Karhui also uh runs in or like finds him and he gets all really scared at this point which i, I just thought was kind of it's funny seeing, you know, him, uh, like Kung trying to pretend to be all like scared and, and, you know, frightful, even though, you know, deep down he knows he could beat up all these guys. Yeah, it's pretty cool how he he's basically playing dumb and you, mm-hmm. you're almost convinced of it as the viewer because, you know, he'll see he sees like her wrestling behind some cloth that's hanging and he says like, mm-hmm. oh, he gets scared and he almost tumbles and they there's a couple guys that go to help him and he says oh the mosquito screen has fallen and then like <laughs> once more stuff yeah. starts flying around they cut to his face and he has a very knowledge look at like yeah oh something's going on here but he's not yeah. letting on to right. you know everyone else and this is another you know, scene I... where you have ta how kind of flip into the scene really quickly <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah yeah literally flip into it you know i i don't know for me this is this kind of whole section doesn't totally work like i, I don't know i think there's a there's a great idea there of the kind of mild-mannered woodcutter actually being the person in hiding. But the fact that so early in the movie, they suspect it's him and it really is him, but there's not enough kind of misdirection away from it. Sure. I don't know. I Mm. guess I could see a version where it's like, they know this guy. It's like, oh, he's a friendly woodcutter and it's that they would never suspect him or something. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. But then it also doesn't help that, you know, I know, I know from looking at the credits that (laughs) plays the main guy and I recognize that it's, oh, that's Lau Carlin with old man makeup on. <laughs> right, right. The old man makeup is really good, I think. like he t- it really is pretty good. Cause he he's, takes to he's it pretty well. Like we saw his, his actual face just, you know, a year earlier in, in Marshall Club. Yeah. So... Like, yeah, it, really. Yeah, it's pretty good. I, I think, think his features. He, he this... looks Lao Karlung as an actual yeah. old man looks a lot better than this. Yeah, so. yeah, right. I mean, I I think there's a chance that you know some of the story is really kind of be de- being developed like as they're as they're going as they're shooting them as they're. Shooting I believe the movie, that you so. can definitely kind I mean, of that, feel that near the end. Yeah, of the movie. that kind of happens sometimes. So moving forward, we get a little bit of a chase, and uh, after the sequence of uh, Tia Hao kind of accusing. Uh, Uncle Yu, as he's known as, he sees the kind of mysterious stranger running away. Not the mysterious stranger, but it's Karahui's character. And um, it looks to me like they're in the same kind of alleyway. Yeah, I think so. From, oh, Marshall, from Marshall Club. From Marshall Club. Like, I think the tea house totally is the same that. tea house set, too, from, from Marshall yeah, Club. Yeah, sure. Yeah, if, you make, if you make 50 movies a year, you got to reuse some sets. <laughs> so. so they got a kind of a official introduction to each other. Tia Hao sees that's that. another that's another great shot too. Oh yeah, where, where she's Tia in the Hao background. Like throwing, yeah, Tia oh, is throwing these it. darts, and she's just fanning herself right behind him. Yeah, Kara really Hui cool. is just so cool, man. I mean, she just really oozes confidence. Um, mm-hmm. You kind of can't fake this. But there's also a great there's a great shot um, kind of after that where she's like holding up this linen, and Xiao Ho like <laughs> he literally like jumps over. It's cool. This like went in like kicking it down. Anyways, it's they they have a great kind of chemistry together. Um, oh, I think yeah. I think it I I think it reads really sort of brother sister. Maybe that's just me. Um, yeah, it's, I totally it seems see like that. they were at a certain point in the movie. It's as though they could almost like push it, the story in a romantic direction, but that's not the movie isn't really concerned with that. Like in the end, yeah. But. 
Um, yeah, but then, and, and they end up kind of having to be like unwilling partners yeah. together because because they get trapped whenever Gordon Liu's character comes in. Okay, and, and that shimmy up the alley wall. Yeah, is them shimmy up the alley is a really great. Again, this this movie is just one good gif after another. Yeah, and the camera work yeah. there too, because it kind of pans down as they're like crawling up. And yeah, right. so what's happening here is um, they're trying to hide from him, and he's pretty perceptive. He can kind of tell that something weird's going on. And what you've got are like some linens well, there that is are hanging. Something weird going. Yeah, on. so or linens are hanging down, weird, <laughs> and they're they're wet, so they're dripping down. And he realizes, how oh, this spot. There isn't anything dripping. And she has the great idea of spitting. <laughs> just spitting. And they just both start spitting. She's like, on come on, hat. start spitting. So they both Well, just... it's that it's that great Lao Garlong logic, right? Yeah. Where it's like, why would Gordon's character look up? You know? And it's like sure, he won't he won't look up. He'll just continue to use his brain to perceive <laughs> what's above him, I guess. And then yeah. the spitting. I don't know. It's but it's again, it's it, I think it reads like really charming and it's and cool. And, and I could imagine audiences like totally losing their stuff over the like spitting, spitting on his hat. You know? He takes a couple steps forward and he sees kind of the remnants of their battle. And one of the things on the wall is her fan. So he he sees that and he's like, oh, so then he does a bit of spitting of his own. But it's like acid spit, <laughs> which is super <laughs> right. cool. He's like, wow, this guy's serious business. So then they kind of scramble up, but uh, they escape from his. Uh, clutches this time and she also reveals or i guess i guess this might not actually be what it is because again whenever someone in a in a kung fu movie says that someone's their uncle that can mean like six different things but right but she says say that that uh lei kung is her uncle and i don't i guess i don't really know if that's a literal that's her uncle or just like as a cover sure but it's the same uh, uh in the subtitled version the only difference is that she explains their kind of relationship clan wise and because mm-hmm. tia house says aren't you guys from the same clan and she says no that she's with the heavenly clan and he's a member of the earth clan so even okay. though they're kind of the same kind of sect there's kind of yeah. a divide there so and so this next scene I feel like, like again, this is just kind of just kind of the stunt casting to show off Alexander Fu Ching in action, and it's a, it's a fun scene, but it doesn't really add a huge amount to the movie. But we get to see uh, Mo again, and he basically comes up with this plan that in order to in order to kind of con the people in this town, he's going to pretend to be this kung fu master who can take like arrows and swords and stuff. And this leads to this really like 10 minute long demonstration of him like fake fighting his his yeah. friends. Yeah, it's a good uh, setup. What they well, actually do is that in that little tea house when he shows up again, he's saying, I'm running out of money and I'm running out of yeah. disguises. And one of the other guys like, hey, this guy over here in the corner, he said, if you pretend you're Lei Gung and do this fight scene, like he'll give us a ton of money and he's like oh that sounds like so much work i don't want to do that but he's like no we'll we'll set it up so they kind of have this elaborate plan and it's Uh, it's pretty effective it's a great sequence i like it a lot well and there's uh one of my favorite moments in the dub is uh just before that you know he he owes like a really large bill to the inn and (laughs) the like maitre d or whatever of the is asking him about it and the dubbing voice is this super wise guy thing. It's like, hey, what's wrong? I got a name, you know. Ah, oh, Mr. Wu. Oh, yeah. Hmm. 
about the money you owe me. Maybe you can give me the money now, huh? What about the draft I gave you? I bounce. Ah, it bounced. Hey, didn't I tell you? The draft is issued in Peking. It takes time to get here. Don't you know that? You jerk. <laughs> it's like awesome. It's really oh man, it's so it's so great. Um It's pretty silly. <laughs> they set up this really good um encounter in the street with everyone in town watching it seems where oh, and also also in the street sorry to keep calling out the dub but there's somebody selling these pears these peking oh, pears yeah They keep saying peking pears, lovely peking yeah. pears. <laughs> Anyways, it's yeah. Uh Tia Howell, of course, he kind of is around, so he sees what's gonna happen. He's like, Oh, this is my chance. So the the first thing happens, and it's like they all the kind of thug, like his friends, jump down from the rafters. And it's funny they use umbrellas kind of like once upon kind a time in China. Yeah, like <laughs> or or something. or once upon a time in China. Yeah, for sure. I found a Mary Poppins, and who who but... wore it better? Yeah, like, exactly. <laughs> And they've got a little bit of pyrotechnics going on here. So there's some fireworks and some kind of like sulfur and stuff. And mm-hmm. uh, all these guys have their different weapons. And he's like, come at me, like do whatever you need to do. And they all start attacking him. But they have these like fun little kind of magic tricks. So one guy will pretend to shoot yeah. a knife at him, but it's like a fake. So he fakes it out. And then he's got a knife that he puts in his mouth in timing with that or like he'll block some darts um yeah. it gets more elaborate as the fight goes on it's really good and it's also interesting because uh we kind of cut back to to um to uh Ho's character Hao, like kind of watching the fight and i don't know i feel like it's it's one of those things where it kind of keeps replaying the same beat where it's like he's almost having an epiphany that something isn't right here but maybe it's just how kind of i saw the movie but it's Every time it goes back to him, it seems like we start from square one and he again starts going through that process on his face. Like maybe something is wrong here. I don't know. I think this is, this is really entertaining. I I don't know if it needs to be kind of like you're saying, Matthew, I don't know if it needs to be as long as it is. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, I mean, I think it definitely gets the job done and I'm sure that length is kind of explained by, you know, Mr. Alexander Fusheng. Really, this is kind of the, the meatiest part that he has in the movie this in the in the following scene and the following which I think scene. is amazing yeah. Yeah. yeah so there's a little bit of a, a segment here where they're in order to counter uh his magic they kind of use like dog blood it's kind of like what we saw in encounters so yeah yeah um one of the guys ends up stabbing him and they have their own kind of practical effect where it's like his guts become like yeah. out like they like they stab through him and he's like yeah. oh it's, no yeah oh man it's really something when you see this the first time yeah. um yeah. i mean i think it's like sausages or something but... yeah yeah and that's one of my favorite lines in the dub is whenever he like is putting them back in one of the people says hey, look at that. He put his guts back in. yeah super good <laughs> yeah, that's so i also like the moment where there's like one of the goons hitting him with two swords and he kind of draws himself closer in the dub he's like oh come on take it easy it hurts like he's kind of (laughs) muttering it under his breath it's really good (laughs) Mm -hmm. but there's another part that they don't uh represent in the dub in the subtitle version tia how's like 
in the middle of the crowd and you can hear some of the gawkers saying things and they're comparing the fake Legung's uh, actions to some like mythological characters. And one of the things mm. that I thought was really cool is there's a moment where he's using like a bow and arrow and he's kind of doing this kind of dancey hop while he's using the bow and arrow and oh, right, shooting right. it up into the sky. And one of the guys says, oh, that's just like Ho Yi. And that's a like a mythological archer that shot down nine of the ten suns that were scorching the earth, leaving only mm. our sun to be there. Oh, dude, so beautiful. That's something beautiful that they work, totally, man. yeah, they totally lose that. I thought that was pretty cool. I also really like there's a little moment where one of the guys stabs him with a spear and he kind of bends the spear up. So it's kind of bowing. Yeah. And he uses that bow spear to attack one of the other goons. I thought that yeah, was pretty that's a clever. Yeah, sequence yeah no i mean i think there's yeah there's some really inventive material here it's Mm -hmm. i guess if i'd have to um i mean i love the movie i don't know why i'm suddenly coming across so critical but i think (laughs) if i if i had to dig in i think the kind of this whole beginning portion of the film before we're really locked into lal garlong's character i think is for me it loses a little bit of kind of direction or yeah or, or purpose it just, especially just giving not... so much time to to mo yeah. here i don't know yeah that's the thing the scene's not bad i just feel like it didn't need to be quite as long as it is especially since we're gonna have another really great fight scene in like a minute yeah right that also kind of covers who mo is and how he fits into the story right, right. Yeah, so yeah, now what you see is after he kind of makes his escape in the middle of this commotion, he has to use the bath. Well, he has to use the bathroom. Not really, but he has a, a meeting with his benefactor, and you see that mm-hmm. it was Lei Yung. And so he goes to this outhouse, which is like a shack kind of hanging over some water. And yeah. Um, yeah. he kind of like, it seems like the signal for their deal is that he's going to drop the blood into the water because you'd see. Like whoever's sitting next to you, you'd see that mm-hmm. drop into the water, and yeah. so then he wants his money. So he's kind of talking to him, but at the same time, Tiehao uh, is kind of, and this is very commendable. He's actually like snorkeling, he's through swimming through the water, the, yeah. like yeah, the bathroom water, and yeah. uh, in order to get to Legong. So he, uh, Alexander Fusheng, Mister Mo, he wants his money. Then what ends up happening is they realize that somebody else is there and Lei Yun starts to use his his like kind of hypnotizing skills and he yeah, busts yeah. out his voodoo doll and uses uh, Alexander Fu Sheng as the fighter for this sequence. And it's yeah. mm-hmm. super this good. Is- this is brilliant. Yeah. I mean, I think yeah, this is... Yeah, I love this bit. Because... Yeah. And we get to see some literal gravity defying at this yeah. point. Right, right. Where he, he like, he's about to fall into the water, but his legs, his legs are, like, splayed out, but he's just, like, hovering right above the water, and he's kind of, like, bobbing up and down. It's, a, like it's an amazing shot. Like, his acting is great, and you can't really see any of the wires. Um, right. Yeah, yeah awesome. totally. And he very much, very much feels like a puppet. Right, right in that right. particular scene. Yeah, he's totally. Um, yeah, he totally sells it. I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, but whenever he gets out to he, another great uh, Tihao front flip, and or it might be Alexander Fuchin that does a front flip. Someone does a front flip out of the outhouse, and it's really great. And whenever uh, Mo lands, his mustache is like over his nose instead of <laughs> yeah, instead of great. where it should be. Yeah. So Tihao is uh, like kind of suspicious. Like, hey, yeah, why is your mustache in a different spot? 
but at the same time, yeah, Lei Yung kind of hiding in the background. So he starts to control Alexander Fusheng like as communication. So he starts to talk. But yeah, so Fusheng's like his body, like the way it moves so stiff, like during these this fight. Mm-hmm. I could watch like like five more fights this way. Yeah. <laughs> it's super no, it, fun. Like, super it feels almost like Jim Carrey kind of like craziness oh, like with like how he's contorting his body and everything. Like like it like kind of like a scene in Liar Liar or something where yeah. he's just like the way that he's moving all around, it's all weird, making some silly faces. But then whenever he's actually fighting, he has just this really blank look on his face as he's doing all these kind of weird moves. Yep. They do some really cool uh, kind of wire pulling the person up without them using yeah. their limbs. And there's yeah. a really great sequence, too, where all of Mr. Moe's kind of cohorts grab the doll so there's kind of this mix-up and you see him representing the the kind of back and forth of them trying to grab the doll yeah. and uh, Lei Yun grabbing it back and he's just kind of flailing around and the fight mm. choreography represents that well too and, and yeah Tia the editing back of, and forth is great oh, yeah it, it's super super yeah. good very yeah. entertaining and then this whole, uh, the whole scene then ends with Le Young kind of pushing them into the, uh, into the outhouse and the whole outhouse crashing into the water. Right. Which is cool. We haven't seen any good uh, building destruction in the movie in a, or in the show in a while. So. Oh, yeah. yeah sure. Sure. Nice, nice, uh, nice slow-mo shot on that kind of yeah collision <laughs> the other thing that's really cool that we haven't mentioned is whenever uh Lei Yung is using his voodoo doll to control people there's this kind of sound effect of like cracking knuckles or you know stuff like yeah. that so that kind of yeah. really gives you this kind of foreign feeling or this kind of uncomfortable feeling of the action <laughs> And then there's even a couple of segments here where they almost have a sound effect of like a, almost like a ship uh, creaking back and forth. Like you can yeah. you can hear the like the wood yeah. creaking. That's really cool. I also really like there's a shot where Lei Yung is in the foreground of the camera controlling the doll, and and in the background is Ti Hao and Mr. Mo fighting. So you get the image of. Uh, him controlling the doll really up close, but then you see it represented behind him. It looks really cool. I like this next scene's kind of, or the, ne- the very end of that scene seems a little silly because Ti Hao was already in the water earlier in the movie, right. but apparently this this time when he's in the water, it causes him to get a cold because he, he comes out and runs, first he runs into Gordon Liu's character. He basically oh. says, I'm not going to fight you while you smell. Mm-hmm. Well, he actually, in the dub, it's great. Um, I know I wrote it down. He said, You've got shit all over you. I'm not going to fight with you. Go watch first. That's right. Oh, that's right. Oh, man. Oh, that's good. <laughs> um, he, he says something similar to that in the, the subtitle version. He does say, mm-hmm shit in the subtitled version and and then he he runs into karahui's character who basically says hey like take this coat because you're gonna get a cold if you don't and whenever you see him in the very next scene like his face is like all pale and like you can tell he's he's getting sick which i don't get why that again i don't get why that made him sick but him snorkeling in the water didn't make him sick whatever (laughs) well it is it is kind of a nice like second act uh like character arc that 
I actually we saw something similar in in Broken Oath, like when Angela Mao was kind of ill in the kind of middle part of the movie, and like had that similar kind of pale makeup. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, it is uh, at least I think watching the film for the first time, I don't know if it totally reads like you're saying, Matthew. Like why? What exactly got him so so ill? Yeah, I don't know. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, it, it's. I feel like there would have been an opportunity to maybe put some kind of curse kind of thing on him or something. Oh, sure. yeah. And they're doing a lot of other stuff like that, so it would fit right in. Um, we get a quick scene where uh, where Karahui's character, that's whenever she discovers that the like that kind of thing that um, the like Kung was carrying is is really, really heavy and and then we also get to see Lei Young, who uh, someone confuses Lei Young for Uncle Yu. And, yeah, that's great. Uh, like, which oh, was great because similar? whenever yeah. I was watching the movie, I was also kind of confused because oh, like right. that guy looks a lot like Lao Kar Lung, but I know it's not because he's this other character. <laughs> and they were and they I wear didn't know the same, was, almost the exact was, same tunic or something. Yeah. I didn't know if he was doing an Eddie Murphy action or something, but yeah. <laughs> but no, it's just it's it's his brother who looks very similar to him, especially whenever they're both wearing, you know, makeup and and wigs and stuff. So what you yeah, end up finding I, is you get the location of Legung's home. And yeah. uh, Tia Hao kind of notices this as well. So he's hot on the trail as well. Yeah, so our, our, our heroes get to kind of show up all at the, at the house. Mm. That's right. And whenever uh, Karahui's character kind of walks in and is exploring around, she discovers all of these kind of bundles of, of uh, hay and whenever she uncovers them, she sees that it's yeah, it's all of scene. the legendary weapons of of China. <laughs> it's the the what is it eighteen mm-hmm. or something like that. Yeah, yeah. It's it's the it's the different weapons that we're we're gonna you know Chekhov's gun that we're gonna get to see yeah. in action later I, in the movie. I love this scene. Honestly, I get kind of chills. I think it's just I don't know, there's oh, something yeah. beautiful about it. It does feel though like it belongs like in the first twenty minutes of a movie or something. Sure. But yeah, just that image of all of these weapons kind of covered in hay. And it's great because I think your eye catches the first couple that something isn't quite right. And then you kind of acclimate to the, to the shot and you kind of start identifying them all yourself. And yeah, Kara's amazing in this, in this sequence. Yeah. So shortly after that, the next scene we have her interacting with Legum and uh, you kind of, she, uh, she confronts him. Basically she says, you're Legum. And, you know, you did this and that. He's like, no, I'm not. And uh, she kind (laughs) of traps him in a thing where she, like, puts her foot down on his uh, bamboo Bamboo that he used to hold on. And she she sees that he kind of defends himself to do it. And uh, they're kind of talking out in the open. So he's kind of getting a little nervous. And she's turning the heat up. So he kind of confesses, like, you know, like, I couldn't just stand by and let my students get killed. You know, I had to do this. And um, the thing that I thought was really interesting is that what she says is that the the empress wanted the troops to become bulletproof to save on like military expenses. <laughs> like we're spending too much money. Like so, if we can make them bulletproof, we wouldn't have to buy more weapons. <laughs> yeah, I forgot about that. That was really weird. I thought that well, was really. It's funny. really interesting because Lao Garlong plays you know, the character that's pretending to be someone else, unlike anyone that I've ever seen, like so much so that you really almost believe that he isn't the guy. I I feel like, especially for like a Hong Kong film, there would be, 
I don't know. There'd be something maybe in the eyes or like some kind of like shifty, not like not wanting to talk about it kind of attitude. I feel like when you run into this and yeah, it's just, I think it's really interesting kind of how well growing plays it. He's very committed. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely committed. And it, and actually, even though he's already, he divulges a little bit in this scene, like you say, Karahui kind of cleverly um, forces his hand. Uh, he ends up kind of committing to his, to his original position. Um, in Mm -hmm. in the next scene which is uh this is a beautiful shot in the rain we must have a lot of like rain machines Mm -hmm. uh, going on in this uh shaw brothers lot and t how is uh oh sorry i I was gonna say i love i love the way that it cuts this scene is karhui says but they're going to kill you tonight and just immediately (laughs) cuts to that night and it's pouring down rain Mm -hmm. and his great shaho is he's wrapped up like he's a legendary weapon uh in this (laughs) <laughs> like hay on on the roof and uh by this point he's quite ill i mean he's really yeah he's the really bundle shivering. of hay is shivering on top of the roof yeah so lei yun ends up uh arriving and he's kind of wearing like a hat to cover himself from the weather and he's kind of snooping at the front door and tia house kind of waiting for his moment to strike because he doesn't know who it actually is but what ends up happening is Lei Yun is like countering him so he's stabbing upwards with his own sword while Tie Hao is like trying to attack from above and the thing I think is so cool <laughs> is this magic stuff so like he like shoots yeah, like a knife rocket but it's like a they, rocket, like rocket knife. knives yeah. it's the coolest thing I did not expect rocket it knife. I was like yeah wow and I don't think they have rocket knives in any of the rest of the movie oh, man. No. it's just for this one scene it's awesome that's, the, that's it. the 19th legendary weapon is rocket knives yeah totally and then we get uh, a little more of these kind of ninja tactics where Oh, uh, Lei Yun oh. kind of spreads a mantle out over the water, and it's kind of uh, jiggling back and forth. But he's actually hiding underneath the uh, mm-hmm. the awning, and yeah, they have that, this amazing. That would be my candidate for a um, gifable moment. Yeah. And, yes. Yeah. Where, like our like, wing is like in the, the awning, and then Xiao Ho has the blade toes, and they're yes, it, mm-hmm. yeah. It's beautiful. He does this really great misdirect where Tia Hao's kind of doing a flip away. Like you seem like it's defense, but at the same time, he shoots like a, a ninja star forward. It looks really cool. So they make their way into yeah. the house, but the house is actually empty. And once Lei Yung sees that, he's just kind of like, all right, I'm out of here. And uh, Tia Hao's left there, but he's so sick right now that he just can't mm-hmm. leave. So he kind of passes out. Lei Gung and uh, Feng Xiaoqing find him. Yeah, and they're like nursing him back to health. But and... at the same time, she's telling him like, this man's here to kill you. Like, are you sure you yeah. want to do that? And he's like, I have to help him. Yeah, yeah, this is great. And All while also saying that he's not Lei Kung. Right? Yeah, again, he's like kind of reverted back to that position. <laughs> One of my mm-hmm. favorite moments, and I'm, I'm sure there's some a problem with the translation in the dub but what finally turns him is <laughs> he says why are you so sure that i'm lei kung and then her response is the person to dissolve the yan branch it's you lei kung <laughs> and it's like he's like shit i can't i can't fight with that you got, no, me. got me there you totally yeah. got me um it was but it's, it's yeah, the it's same in the subtitle version right <laughs> oh i love it i love it so much so now after we've got Lei Gung and Fang Xiaoqing taking care of Tie Hao, 
they're at his place and the next thing that happens is that Lei Yung shows up out of nowhere yeah, and uh-oh. he immediately begins an attack and I would say that this mm-hmm. it's like 15 seconds worth of action right here are but my favorite it's just so fast paced and so dynamic so the first thing he does is just shoot some darts right away and Feng Xiaoqing yeah. immediately defends with like her mantle and mm-hmm. she ends up countering by throwing the mantle back at him and he slices it in half and then he does like this huge leap over her towards Legum. and when he lands on the ground there's like this pyrotechnic effect and he lands a strike oh. on Legum. so the next thing he does is kind of try to use his hypnotism on him and it's not really clear as why it does not work but you almost kind of see like Maybe, I don't know, he recognized him or, you know, maybe he just, his vision wasn't good or his concentration was off. I'm not sure. But it's really cool. Like that little burst of action is just amazing. I love it. I don't know. I think like what the Everly Brothers are to um, almost like a sixth sense, like spiritual harmony and blend. (laughs) Like the Lao Brothers are fighting. And (laughs) I like that. Like you say, it's like, it's 15 seconds. Like it. Even in five seconds, you would get the sense it's like, oh my gosh, these guys, it, it, it's like they're in each other's minds or yeah. bodies. And uh, I mean, you know, <laughs> they this is what they grew up doing. You know, it's like, I think we've mentioned it before, but their lineage does go to Wang Feihong. You know, their father trained under Lam Sai Wing and, you know, been... <laughs> Uh, living and breathing martial arts since they were kids, and mm-hmm. you know, I mean, I mean, who knows? I, these guys must have sparred together, you know, thousands and thousands and thousands of times. Yeah, um, just like the Brueggemans, have... right? <laughs> <laughs> they constantly fought, just honed like, their skills. Constantly fought. I know you guys got some lightsaber stuff going on somewhere. I know about <laughs> no, that. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, yeah, there are some there are some old lightsabers. There's movies, a, some some sure. some tapes deep deep in in the attics, <laughs> yeah. in the basements. Uh, I, I I have like a gray Fu Manchu. Totally, like, uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> just ignore all those pictures of Mari. He actually has a Fu Manchu. <laughs> yeah, I um, mean it, that's just na- that's just how it comes out every two days or so. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what? So we finally get the reveal that this is Lei Yun and they're our brothers and they're both from and I don't think this comes across in the dub but they're from the Mao Shan clan and they use spiritual boxing to fight so whereas Lei Yun still practices this and you can see that when he fights uh, Lei Gung no longer has that and his Kung Fu has diminished over the years so uh, Lei Yun says to him you know I've been you know commanded to kill you but even Though they did, they told me this, we're brothers, I can't kill you. But what he ends up recommending is that, hey, you know, polish yourself up, man. Like, get your kung fu back because there are other people (laughs) that are going to be arriving to kill you, which I think is a really cool. I I think this might be Mm -hmm. one of my favorite scenes in the film. Mm -hmm. It's really powerful, too. I mean, I think, uh, at least for me, from the moment like Karahui like discovers the weapons and, you know, the way she's kind of able to kind of convince like Gong to like come back into the limelight. I think that's that's maybe some of like the richest stuff of the of the movie. Anyways. Yeah, I think it's I think it's great. And another thing I want to cause like I, I, I do think Elgar Lung like his kind of sh- like arthritic shaking is like, yeah, anyways, it's really I think really yeah. I think he's really good at that. Yeah, to sh- show him trying to get the rust off. Yeah. I'm curious when you guys saw this for the first time because I think this Rick 
like this almost kind of brotherly reconciliation is really really kind of beautiful did it read to you at all that it's like oh this guy will be the final villain of the movie no i because i I, I don't think so i feel like something it is interesting it it almost feels like this chapter for them is kind of buttoned up you know there's kind of this reconciliation between the two Mm -hmm. and you kind of get this compassion between the two brothers and then it's like here lay young could leave the movie completely and it would be fine at this point right you so know, then, I, I like, don't have any evidence to go on, but uh, like there's a there are a couple of like little clues that make me think that the final fight was shot like early in production. Oh, um, interesting. Yeah, you know, I mean, there I are there that. are these movies that like you know sometimes these guys are working on multiple films at once, but there's because there's also the other beat, uh, and I think it's handled it's handled really well where he has to remove his facial hair. Yeah. And I think he says something like, uh, yeah, according to family rules, uh, this hair must be shaved. But it's like kind of like so pointed. It's I don't know. It read to me. It's like according to family rules and the continuity for my script supervisor. (laughs) Because it's like if that had already been shot and he doesn't have any of this facial hair. Um, I I believe that. I mean, it's like uh, snaking the little shadow when they're like, yeah, totally. "Oh, I got the some tooth. your teeth." <laughs> right. I definitely didn't just knock your teeth out a couple of scenes <laughs> yeah, ago. Yeah, totally. <laughs> oh man. Um. Yeah, we'll talk about that a little more when we get to that fight. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, yeah. yeah. Sorry. They addressed that a little differently in the uh, uh, original version. Uh, so we get oh we get one quick scene where uh, T. Howe is trying to like even though he's sick he tries to attack. <laughs> Uh, yeah. like hung but but doesn't work out um but then we get to see a great kind of i guess it's not a montage because it's all like in one kind of scene but we get to see like a demonstration uh, a demonstration yeah like hung like practicing the weapons he's really shaking at first but then kind of gets more confidence and kind of spars a little bit with uh Karahui. yeah and, and i think this is like kind of one of the things you're coming to see in a film oh, by Lao yeah. Garlong. So this is where he excels. Yeah. And you get this demonstration of the different weapons. And yeah, mm-hmm. even though it's just him demonstrating, he does a little bit of this play around uh, Fang Xiaoqing. Where, uh, and actually, she does amazing because he's swinging the sword yeah. around inches from her face and she hardly I flinches. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's really it's, cool. And there amazing. is, even still, there's some choreography here because... You know, he transitions from weapon to weapon pretty smoothly. She'll like pass him something in the middle of uh, some techniques, mm-hmm. and it looks. Or yeah, really they'll like good. share a few strokes and then like switch weapons. It's really, it's really great. Yeah, super. But good. yeah, I, I don't know. It's um, I, I I just think it's kind of a rare treat getting this much like Welgarlong kind of center stage, and it's yeah, I think his his forms are just are just beautiful. Yeah, it's a perfect way to cap our little uh, look at him. You know. This fourth yeah. fourth movie in our little series is like perfect example of what makes him great. Mm-hmm. And he's really and, unique on screen. Like Carlos and I were talking about this earlier, but has doesn't have the typical like Hong Kong star build. You know, he's a little shorter and stockier and more broad, so you know, shoulders and uh, you know, really unique face that isn't maybe like traditional leading man uh looks or whatever um yeah i was saying i don't know i think it makes it so interesting sure his his build to me kind of reminded me of wolverine from the x-men not so you know everybody is used to seeing hugh jackman who's this tall dude but yeah uh wolverine actual yeah yeah, he's like this short stocky guy but he's like an incredible fighter and you don't want to mess with him that's kind of like the 
the aura that I get from Lagar Lung. Yeah. And yeah, now like we get to see we get CT how coming out again. Um and he even though he's sick, he is you can tell he's getting better. And he tries to attack Le Kung, but Karhui's character stops him and he kind of rubs his arm on her chest and discovers that she is in fact a woman, not <laughs> not the man that he thought. Um and there's some goofy sound effects whenever he's he's doing that too, which is that's always fun. And 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 basically this is whenever they decide that yeah. uh, whenever they finally all become, you know, partners and all you know, decide to be on the same team. There still right. is this little lingering uh, suspicion from Tiahao. Like every time, like mm-hmm. something comes up, he's like, "You're Lei Gung, aren't you?" And he's like, "No, no, man, I'm not Lei Gung." He's like, "You sure?" <laughs> he's like, "No, man." But it's he's cool. a, he's also like so pliable. I, <laughs> I I love it. I think like because yeah, they they come come up with this and. I don't know if this was this was smart in the long run, but he says like, no, see, I, I look like the dude, yeah, and I need to learn this kung fu because they think I'm him because I look like him, and then I'll have to defend myself. <laughs> and then there's a great shot where um, it just takes a couple seconds, and Xiao Ho is like, oh, okay, yeah, I got it. Don't worry, I'll help you. Yeah, <laughs> and there's this look on Lao Gar Lung that to me seems like for real <laughs> like <laughs> yeah. this dude just like believes anything man wow. <laughs> so now we get the next day or you know the following scene i should say yeah you see that tia house at full strength again he's super ripped for being like this little guy he's really sinewy he's like got this yeah. really like tone to him there's this kick that i really like that we've seen in like the last couple of films it's like a jumping roundhouse kick but using your your back leg so it, yeah. it looks really cool. And anytime uh, any performer does it in these films we've seen, they get really high. And I, yeah, I should say that too. Like the agility for uh, Xiao Ho like is super good. Like that dude can do flips. That dude can do like cartwheels. Like he's super agile. And uh, yeah, so like he's performing a little bit and uh, Uncle Yu shows up and he's like, uh, oh, Uncle Yu, have you finished practicing? They're talking a little bit. and. He's like, I'm going to leave. You know, I have to find Lei Gung. He's like, all right, see you later, man. And uh, on his way out, he runs into Feng Xiaoqing, who now is in her normal garb. She doesn't have to disguise yeah. herself. So he's super yeah. surprised at how pretty she is. I think they do uh, like a harp gliss even when, yeah, when she yeah. shows up, you know. And <laughs> well, he and runs kind of back playing in. with her pigtails. and Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I think Kara Hui looks amazing, but it's also like... I don't know. It's like, oh, come on. Like, don't like, please don't put her into into some kind of box or whatever. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I could see what you're saying. And and she kind of actually becomes more of like a I mean, she gets some action, but she's definitely more of like a cheerleader for the rest of the film because she's kind of encouraging like Uncle Yu to, you know, practice and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. She she kind of sidelined but okay so this scene right so she um looks really pretty and he runs back inside and he's like you gotta see her she looks really pretty but at the same time you've got t <laughs> yeah because he's like comes walking in. towards and there's this really comedic scene where he's describing her but um uh legung's describing titan at the same time he's yeah. like no that's not right and he's like she moves like, like oh, this. Does, he, does he look like a man no she's all graceful and pretty does she have a bald head yeah oh why this dramatic <laughs> like, music's are, building are you even listening to me yeah yeah and it's like it's like gordon Liu just got his 
36 chamber outfit from his closet and put it back on it looks really cool it's like this shiny very silky representation of the shaolin monk's outfit and instead of like the kind of wooden beads he's got like these metal beads and he's got Mm -hmm. this little like portable shrine on his back that i think is yeah yeah. i love the portable shrine that's super cool like it looks the monk on the go yep so they have a little back and forth and this quickly escalates into the next fight yeah, this this next fight's great because this kind of uh, we get to see T. Howell kind of gets to show oh, off yeah. some of his like almost it almost in this scene almost feels more sleight of hand than like, you know, actual magic magic where like he'll he'll do stuff where like smoke will shoot out of his sleeves or, you know, he'll they have like, like secret he, he blades out of his shirt. Yeah, secret blades and stuff. And we also get to see uh, uh, Teton Gornlieu's character being blade proof i guess where like right. he'll try to stab them and then the blade will like break off yeah or he's... wherever he has all the ninja stars in his back and then he just flexes and they all <sighs> fly out into the wall yeah that's super oh, cool man. i really he like the... he's got all these secret weapons so the blade comes out of the staff he's using and that portable shrine on his back is like a missile that he launches at them and you have to dodge it yeah it's super super stealthy like this kind of evil thing and these are the things that um legung they they kind of are like accusing him of saying that they're worthless like he he wants to really focus on like the the martial arts of the spiritual boxing and uh he's he kind of always criticizes the mao shan and the spiritual boxers that it's just kind of a gimmick that that's not the true kung fu of the, right, yeah. of the movie it's pretty cool how yeah and he says across. that the magic isn't real kung fu or something like that yeah yep. man this this whole sequence for me this is like a goosebumps um yeah fight se- this is probably my favorite lao garlong sequence like in anything oh um, man nice. I, I can't explain it. it's just like gordon launching it I, I don't know i just like everyone is in such incredible form and is so so committed and it's like the choreography it's really inventive and it's like has yeah. great contrast. The performance is amazing. Everyone's so fast. And it also just like these relationships, you know, it's like Kara Hui is in the business. Thanks in a large part to Lao Garlong. Gordon is like a, you know, an honorary brother of yeah. the family shepherded by him. And it's like, and it's kind of a similar thing for Xiao Ho. And it's like, I don't know, you get the sense. It's like, Oh, they, they would do anything for this guy and for his movie. And, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I just kind of stop dead every time this uh, mm-hmm. this whole sequence comes. Yeah, there up are and... some segments in this fight where all four of them are in choreography together. Yeah, it's, for real, it's super impressive. And each one, you know, represents their own fighting style in a lot of ways. You know, like uh, Gordon Liu is using like his headbutts, and like Matthew said, that hard qigong where he can just protect himself from weapons and uh tihao has his secret like weapons too uh, yeah i like the gordon lu titan like headbutts him up into the ceiling yeah. almost like you know like 36 chamber like the yeah the very, right, very right. End. and yeah gordon lu uses like his back muscles a lot in the fight and yeah it's just different characteristics and then they set each other apart really well yeah yeah for sure when i love um like you're saying, like it's, it's also a fight kind of about something and, um, are able to have this like little kind of like philosophical, 
unpacking of like, oh, oh okay it's you know, super like, good yeah. how that escalates as well yeah you've got yeah, just yeah, totally. these people like he's just coming to assassinate right but then it turns into um yeah more than that it's like this phys- philosophical thing the passion in Lao Garlong you know of his fighting and then the passion yeah. of uh Lei Gung's like his beliefs that you know like he's not a traitor he 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 cares more than anyone else because he didn't want to right. see his students die well and it's i don't know it's um i just feel like we were learning so much about about this about this dude over the course of these four movies and you know we were saying in Marshall club how it's like there's actually a lot of kind of fun in games behind the fighting but nobody really gets hurt and i think this kind of this must embody something that was really important to Lao Gerlong, which is like martial arts and fighting forms. That was a huge part of his, his world. And it was really important to him and he's really excited by it. But in the end, it's almost like he doesn't want there to be enemies. And for like the second half of the film, everyone that tries to come to kill him is, is almost like Tai Chi into a different, philosophical <laughs> yeah. position yeah sure. they, yeah he doesn't he doesn't just kill them or just beat them up so bad they right. run away they're all he sent usually, to like he, live their best life or something it's yeah like, it's yeah like he, he queer beats them. them or something <laughs> <laughs> yeah he beats them but then says you know like this is the reason why i'm doing this and you know you should you should live this way too. And that's the way that this fight ends is uh, after he basically explains to Teton, you know, the reason why I, I broke away from the society is because like all of the members would end up dying because like, there's no way to, to resist bullets with, with the, you know, with your Kung Fu. And after he hits Teton a couple more times, Teton, like really, really quickly shoots out like this ring of fire. And I think it's going to like self-immolate oh, or something. <laughs> and I just, I love the fact that he just had that on him. Like just in case, just in case I have to sacrifice myself. <laughs> I, yeah. I just shoot out my belt and create a nice little ring of fire. It's a you know, pretty, it's, um, it's, yeah. it's really, oh, sorry. Go for oh, it. I was going to say, it's a pretty crazy stunt too, because he's literally sitting in that, in the middle of that ring of fire and they jump in, they grab him and pull him out. Yeah, yeah, totally. You know, that ring of fire, it's, what is it? It's probably like 10 frames or less where mm-hmm. it's just that clean shot of him sitting in there. But mm. I, I, I hope there'd be enough to make like an endless looping gif. Oh, uh, yeah. maybe. Yeah. I'll give it a shot. <laughs> okay. I could, uh, that's, yeah, I could, I feel like a lot of us could relate to that yeah. or aspire, <laughs> aspire to that, I guess. Yeah. Re- relate maybe too, but, um, <laughs> uh, but he, but after they save him, he basically says, I'm going to go meditate at Shaolin. And, and that's, uh, and that's Gordon Liu, everyone. Yeah. yeah. But also in this fight, Lei Kung straight up says, yes, I am Lei Kung. It's a really uh, cool beat. Yeah. It right. is. Um, T. House says, "Like, oh, I guess this guy really is like Kong. He says, I am." And big dramatic sting. Xiao Xing, you didn't teach him that. See, I... he is Lei Kong. That's right. Yeah. So as the fight's going on, Lei Gung, he's he's basically feeling himself. You know, he's getting his groove back. And as he gets more confident in the fight, you know, he's every time that they want to jump in to help him, he's like, "No, I want to do it." T. How kind of recognizes? He's like, "Oh." You know, Uncle Yu, like you didn't learn these techniques from Fang Chaoqing. and he's, he's having like, like a Santa Claus 
yeah like, revelation kind of totally and he's <laughs> like you must be and he's like that's right i'm legum he's like damn yeah, like awesome. he's like yeah it's a really cool beat in here and and also yeah. we should say the kind of mortal blows that he gives to titan he does this like almost like shotgun like finger attack to his eardrum so he like right, destroys his right. eardrum yeah. like one attack at a time it's like oh, really yeah, cool because it was... it's like it was cool, but cold blooded. <laughs> yeah, it's like yeah. when Gordon Liu is being like knocked knocked around, it's hard to your allegiance does almost <laughs> switch for a second. Yeah, sure, sure. And and you're you know, it's interesting because it's like this critical attack, but at the same yeah. time, you know, he's not killing him. But it's he's definitely never gonna forget this fight because it's gonna change his life. Right. Mm-hmm. And Ti Hao, it kind of goes through a crisis here because he's like, well, wait, well, this is the guy I'm here to kill. Like, I know for sure this is him and then kind of starts to turn on him before uh, running away at the end of the fight. Yeah, you sense this like confliction within. And the very next scene, we see someone who's wearing like a similar headband to Ti Hao in the corner. And we figure, oh, that's Ti Hao. He's he's back to to kill Lei Kung. And then whenever they get up close to him, we see that it's the it's the master from the very, very, very beginning of the movie yeah. with the crazy eyebrows, uh, T-A-T-N, mm-hmm. or Mr. T. Yeah, Mr. Mr. T. Uh, what you doing, sucker? And, and this is a great bit. I'm not sure the other versions have this, but um, whenever he uses these weapons, from here on out in the rest of the movie, whenever right. one of the weapons is introduced, then it just flashes on the screen like what the weapon is uh, in in Chinese, of course. But yeah. like I like I I was going through like the list of of weapons on the the Wikipedia page, and it, it it is showing like what the name of the weapon is, and and it's it's just it's really cool. Yeah, yeah it's a really cool device kind of like separating this movie i mean we've seen a similar technique you know in other hong kong films at the time maybe what like when an actor or character appears on screen like their name will get um a little tag but yeah i I don't know i think it kind of helps it really helps kind of put this whole package together the idea that this movie is about the diverse weapons like from this martial arts tradition yeah, Mr. T, I guess, decided you got to do the job yourself sometimes and <laughs> starts this crazy fight. And this this fight and the last fight of the movie are all about showing off the the weapons. And I do like it. Uh, T. Howe does come back into the fight and Mr. T tries to get him to jab his own eyes out like we saw at the beginning of the movie. Yeah. And and I think he's trying to get him to like rip off his crotch as well, just like we saw at the beginning. Yeah. Um, but as they said at the very beginning, I don't know if you mentioned it, if the the goal for Ti Hao was supposed to be to go and kill uh, Le Kung and then kill himself, because I, I don't know, that's just the way their society rolls, I guess. Something right. about, yeah, they didn't want any strings, uh, any loose strings. So even if you yeah, do kill yeah. him, you have to kill yourself. Yeah. And, uh, and again, this fight, like you just said before, this fight kind of does the same thing where, you know, he's... He's fighting him physically, but also is like having a philosophical kind of argument. Yeah. Uh, and it ends with Mr. T trying to gouge his own eyes out and uh, T. Howe blocking his hand. Makes mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah. him pity the um, fool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, man. We got to talk about these weapons, though. Like, we can run through these yeah. really quick. So, the first one they show is the rope dart. So, it's basically a dart on a string, but it looks really dangerous because you can swing it around and stuff. And then uh, yeah. after that, he. 
So yeah, when when he first shows up, they think that there are a bunch of people around because there are all these little cloaked figures around the outside of his house. But um, there's actually a lot of weapons hiding amongst there. And um, the next weapon set that he grabs are the hook swords. So, you know, it's like this sword with kind of like a crescent handle with the hook on the end of it. And I remember Cynthia Rothrock saying that that's like her favorite weapon to use in demonstration yeah. and stuff. So that's pretty cool. And then uh, when uh, uh, T.A. Howe shows up, he's using a weapon that's called the double hammers. And, Those uh, are great. Yeah, like they're really kind of sh- jumps in through the window. Or- yeah, yeah. We should say it about they kind of look like kind of look like maces more than than hammers. Yeah, but for sure. Yeah, it, it is called a double hammers. Yeah. Yep, yep. And then uh, we've got the double bladed axe, so it's kind of like a long staffed axe with uh, two uh, sides to it. Um, yeah. It's funny. Yeah, that um, it just seems like that weapon just shows up out of thin air, but it's still pretty <laughs> cool <laughs> to see it. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and we also get to see the the snake spear, the snake halberd yeah, that we saw. That's great. That was one of the first, very first weapons that we saw in the like the um, opening credits. Yeah, and it's just, I mean, it's a spear, but the 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 blade is like it kind of looks like a snake. It's like well, waved. I'm not sure yeah, what the word for yeah. that is, but and I think that's all we see in this fight. That's correct. Because uh, after he defeats him and, and tells him to live his best life, yeah. Um, uh, we that's whenever he says basically I have to go and do this kind of ritualistic fight with my brother and he puts on this outfit and like you said he he says oh the the customs say I have to shave off my my mustache and then we cut to the next scene he doesn't have a mustache yeah he, so the but thing he also I would, doesn't have gray hair anymore I think I mean I know he's like wearing <laughs> a totally different outfit but. I, I would 100% buy if they filmed this in like like months after the rest of the movie or even months before the, the rest of the movie. Sure, sure. The thing about that is that in the subtitled version, he mentions that if he shaves off his facial hair, it severs his relation to his brother. So then, oh. yeah, the, the extra thing that you get there is that, uh, you know, they're brothers, so they kind of share this bond, but they don't know exactly what's going on but when he shows up to the temple to fight you see that uh Le Yung also has done the same so they both without communicating to each other beforehand they both kind of understood that they're kind of severing their relationship as family and so they have a whole they have a big long conversation about their families and you know this this is kind of the kung fu bravados we've seen in several movies where they're talking about their styles and how their kung fu is, how much they've trained and how good their kung fu is and stuff. And Le Kung even says, basically, you can, if you can kill me, then like you can go back to the uh, master or chief Lee from the beginning and say, you know, you, you did it. You, you beat them. Yeah. And the way this weapon f- starts is amazing because, uh, Le Young does this great front flip while this curtain behind him like just shoots down and we see the 18 weapons all like lined up behind him just all ready to go. Yeah. Yeah, it's like a beautiful yeah, beautifully kind of staged staged uh kind of set here. Yeah, and yeah. it's kind of lit like it's uh sunset. So you got this kind mm-hmm. of dramatic lighting on the faces of the characters as well. And really good uh I guess kind of I guess this is lens flare, right? Like really great flare coming off of the the super shiny Shambo's yeah. weapons. Oh, I yeah. Love that. The shiniest um, we've seen. 
like super yes definitely the shiniest it's actually a, a plot device in the fight because he <laughs> right, right. tries to use his like hypnotism on them and they use the blade's reflection to uh kind of distract him or make him lose his concentration yeah that's right he he holds up the the next weapon which is um it's the broad blade uh, the guandao yeah the, yeah, guandao, the guandao which is which yeah, which is like a it's kind of like a spear, but it's like this really long blade on the end. Yeah, and yeah, they're they're both <laughs> both the brothers are amazing with this weapon. I mean, mm-hmm. they're just and it's I, really I, I feel like this like... would yeah, this could almost be like an education. If I were ever like a substitute teacher, I would do whatever <laughs> I could to argue that this was some kind of like cultural education documentary. Oh man, <laughs> play this final fight for That's every great. student in America. Uh and then he uh Le Young counters the the Guando with the twin broadswords. Yeah, sure. And and I and I love that whenever he gets one of the broadswords knocked away from him, it introduces the next weapon, which is just the single double edged sword. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um Well there's uh, also I, the notion that like the in this sequence of weapons that like the the seventh weapon would defeat the sixth weapon and the sixth weapon would defeat the yeah sixth that's what i was gonna say the way the weapons yeah. complement each other in the fight is really smart too like it's not just that they're showcasing each weapon but it's also they're showcasing the strength of a weapon compared to the next weapon so yeah it's very very smart like you said it, it's almost educational not that you're gonna be able to leave this movie with a knowledge of how to use these weapons mm-hmm. but you kind of have this general knowledge that hey like if if this guy's using this weapon obviously like a three section staff will be uh yeah. you know more handy in the situation yeah and like he has the double-edged sword but then uh get, gets countered with the the spear the the chinese spear yeah um, and then that gets countered with the the three section chain whip, which is different than three section staff. Yeah, it seems right. like it. Would, it seems like it would hurt a lot more to to use it. The, but yeah, the three section oh, chain it? whip looks super well, dangerous. Amazing and he, this thing. yeah, wow. he oh, is yeah. a pro. I've I can't believe how how efficient he is with it, and how fast he is, and just how stylish the weapon looks in his possession. It's it's yeah. amazing the other thing too I, I, is like yeah that that spear that Lei Yung's using i i don't know if we've ever mentioned it but the tassel is used to kind of guard against blood spray so when you're using the spear when you are attacking your opponent the that kind of feathery tassel on the end is actually useful huh yeah i always thought it was just a, a looks thing so yeah huh, that's cool that's super dark and kind of gross but it's but the anatomy of war <laughs> it's true it's true <laughs> Where? Um, that's like the that's like those the swords that have like the the trench in the middle for for blood to go down. Yeah, crazy. War is war is not great. I, uh, I yeah. think that the what, you know that yeah. chain whip is like amazing. It's like the coolest weapon. It's just mm-hmm. super dangerous, super fast, super stylish. You're you look like you're dancing when you're using it the right way. Mm-hmm. It's 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 really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then he, uh, Le Young, tries to fight off with these um, double uh, daggers. Uh, and then uh, whenever that doesn't work, he gets these, the they're called double crutches. Yeah. But they kind of, it looks like nightsticks. Like they're basically yeah, metal yeah, nightsticks. Exactly. Yeah, they're like tonfas. Um, yeah, yeah, for sure. And yeah, we've, yeah. we've seen these in some other, some other we sequences. We have, we have. Uh, but then uh, 
uh, La Carlong uses probably my favorite weapon in all these Shaw Brothers movies. Oh, really? We've been watching the, the I love the monk spade. Oh, cool! Because oh, it's just it's so, cool. it's so it's so unique. It's like the the spear where one side is like a spade and the other side is like a crescent moon. Yeah. Oh, nice. Actually, yeah, we should we should say that. Like, what I guess we got oh, your what, answer. Each of our but, yeah. What what Marty? What would your favorite weapon of the eighteen be? Oh, dude. Um, <laughs> I might. Oh, that's. I, I'll have an answer by, sure. by the end of the episode. We're not done with the fight yet. <laughs> yeah. 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 But yeah, for sure, mine would be that chain whip just because, I mean, it'd be really hard to master a weapon mm-hmm. like that, but it just looks so cool to me. Yeah. Um, but then the, then we get to see just the normal staff, mm-hmm. the, the bow. Um, yeah, we get to see the, the tiger fork is what it's called. It's, I mean, it's a trident. Yeah. That's cool. Um, and, and the trident gets countered by a shield, which um, is, is kind of funny. I feel like in all these, for all the weapons and stuff, we haven't just seen a person using a sword and shield. Sure, sure. Yeah. And he's uh, using it solo for a little while, but then he gets a broadsword to go with it. Yeah, mm-hmm. Laugarwing is so cool with it, like his rolling with the shield. And, yeah. Mm-hmm. Actually, yeah, you get a little bit of Dark Souls, you know, like you're rolling to yeah, dodge the yeah. shield and sword, a little bit of video game stuff right there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but then, of course, I have a feeling that Lao Karlung's favorite weapon is the three-section staff because oh, it definitely always gets a special place in these yeah, movies. for sure. It's, um, yeah. And that's the, that's the final weapon we get to see. Yeah. Well, I mean, it is, but they also, like, mention, like, bear, like, sparring as a weapon as well after that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. That's right. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> or it's just, just hand-to-hand. When all else fails, use your fists. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I, I love that though. That it's it's um, in a sequence that's so devoted to like all these weapons that I don't know. It's kind of scaled down to to just you know the most intimate form of fighting, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then this next bit, I kind of see this as Le Young is kind of using like kind of desperation move. He goes over to uh, Ti Hao and gets and basically tries to hypnotize him and use his his uh, voodoo dolls to finish the fight and there's a, a great a great shot where again he, he he this is like the eighth time he's done a front flip in this movie he's super um, good uh he does a front flip and uh we see him look over at lake hung and kind of give him a wink yeah uh, that's great uh it's so good and he you know kind of fakes fakes fighting for a little bit and and, and knocks over uh uh, Le Young. <laughs> I think one of his best stunts is rolling his eyes all the way back in his head. Yeah, yeah, that's a good one. I can't do that. Yeah, man, me neither. <laughs> and then it's cool. He he kind of thankfully explains what's um, going on, which is that through the course of the fight, basically he, uh, you know, Lalgar Wing's character no longer has the same kind of control over his uh, his magical forces. Yeah, he's falling apart here. He can't hang mm. with. Uh, uh legung now so like yeah they're doing a little bit of back and forth hand to hand and uh you know he ends up rolling on the ground he's whooped up pretty bad and he finally says that hey you can just you go back to to chief lee and tell him that you killed me which i kind of saw that as basically him saying you're going to die now because you're going to go back to chief lee and chief lee is going to be like well why didn't you kill yourself because that's that's how this goes (laughs) right yeah, I like that. Um, and yeah, that's the that's the end of the movie. Cool. Yeah, and then freeze. Yeah, we have. Yeah, one more of, freeze yeah, frame. Yeah, interesting him freeze frame. Down on the ground, yeah, just him, kind of on his knees. 
Yeah, the mm-hmm. kind of rhythm at the end is kind of strange, but uh, you can't really complain after such an amazing yeah, fight exa- like that. Yeah. So, yeah. so Marty, did you? I, I I don't remember. Did you decide? Oh my yeah, gosh, it was your favorite of the, of the eight team. What you got, man? And actually, you know, you know what's really funny is I was taking a tally in my notes, and when it gets to the sparring at the end, they actually listed 20 different weapons. Oh, <laughs> wow. So it's like a baker's dozen of legendary weapons. But Yeah, gotcha. That's all right. <laughs> you know, I think I might pick like the Chinese spear, the Jiang, Oh, okay. which is kind of, I mean we see it all the time it's just that it's it's almost like a, the staff with um the kind of thinner blade at the end yeah um but I, I don't i don't know what it is but i i don't feel like i've ever seen a fight sequence where the chung comes out and, and it isn't like an incredible <laughs> uh, incredible routine and I, I i guess i like the idea of like a, a shorter person like you know like me like getting a little more that's kind of like what they're designed for it it's like yeah yeah compliment or i guess at kind of multiplying your your own Mm -hmm. power that's funny we all ended up uh picking long-range weapons Mm -hmm. (laughs) i also i also am a really big fan of the hook blades though just because that's such a unique yeah So it's kind yeah, of it's I'm, kind of a I'm tie with, for I'm me. I'm with Cynthia there. Those are those are amazing. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. think about. I mean, it's like we do a long range podcast. That's a that's <laughs> kind of our specialty. Yeah, that's true. That's true. This was really oh, good man. though. What a great movie to oh, end yeah. this on. And and I know we've talked about it before, but since we've been digging into this, I've really been digging into more from Lao Garlong, and I've I I was almost gonna pull a coup and say we got to continue this, <laughs> yeah. but. Uh, uh, we can cap this off this time. Well, we we've yeah. left. Uh, we've left. Uh, I'm hoping like a, a a few really good slots for like a Laugar Long Volume Two arc. Oh, oh at least easily. Volume Two. Man, yeah. The dig, yeah. the further I dig, the more I want to watch. And yeah, yeah these are, these another, are all amazing. And actually, actually, a great um, Xiao Ho vehicle where he's the lead is a Mad Monkey Kung Fu. Um, yeah, mm. you guys have seen that, but if you haven't, we'll definitely have to add that in volume two also it's a great movie yeah mm-hmm. and my young auntie man that oh, movie my gosh. Absolutely. is it's too good i love it yeah. i can't wait for us to talk about that film yeah yeah but yeah this has been a really really fun arc looking at all these these movies and uh, i've definitely kind of gotten a new appreciation for like directors specifically in these movies sure because like being able to see very much uh, the director's vision and and how they like mm-hmm. to shoot and uh, it's it's so good. Definitely looking forward to doing some more of this in the future. That's such a good point because it's like usually when we're we're approaching like a kind of body of art or like a culture of art from the outside, and maybe it's just the way that our human brains like process it. But it's sort of like, oh, they all do this kind of thing, or they all do that kind of thing. And <laughs> yeah, it's really exciting when you get more up close and personal, like you're saying. And it's like, oh, I like see a personality here yeah like, across yeah these movies. you can see the, like their voice yeah for sure and when it comes to Lao Garlong you know the personality of the kung fu in kung fu films it, it can't get any better than this like you yeah. really mm-hmm. really see like his passion for martial arts 
it comes across so well in film it's yeah totally yeah we mm. should well we should definitely pour one out for for our man here because yeah. i don't think we mentioned it but you know lived to sort of a ripe old age but still gone too soon he actually died just a, a few years ago i think it was 2013 yeah yeah um, yeah 2013 so yeah no longer no longer with us so well, actually it's 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 after we're recording but before the episode goes up his birthday is actually july 28th mm. so oh yeah uh, oh nice awesome. yeah so happy birthday happy yeah, birthday yeah. my man <laughs> <laughs> and they're celebrating it a bit uh too if you live in the new york area i think they're they're doing at the moma they're doing some, that's right the museum uh, of modern art uh yeah a collection of films and actually yeah some of the stuff that we've covered here in this series you could have you probably if you knew you already went to see it but um <laughs> <laughs> yeah i think you still have time to catch a couple films yeah i think so and the we'll uh definitely post it on twitter if we haven't already the museum of modern art posted a really amazing video all about lao car lung and they even use several clips and examples from this movie specifically yeah which is just really cool to see see the the four movies that we've talked about in this little arc all being called out as you know being exemplary of of him and his style cool well yeah it's kind of uh, nice when that when that kind of you know syncs up serendipitously mm-hmm. well if you like the show please leave us a review on your podcatcher of choice so itunes stitcher whatever you use uh check us out on facebook instagram or twitter we are at heroes the number three podcast Thanks to the Kung Fu Cinema subreddit if you're checking us out from there. This concludes our Laokar Lung arc, and next week we're actually introducing a cool new idea for our podcast. So, uh, Marty, why don't you explain this idea a little bit? Yeah, we kind of all yeah, we kind of all it's yeah, mm-hmm. kind of a mutual uh, brainchild. Um, but Matthew, I know you were curious about digging into animated films from all yeah. all around. Not just East Asia, but Central Asia, and yeah, not just Japan. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because obviously exactly. Japan is overrepresented when it comes to Asian animation. Sure, and that and that sort of feels like maybe that would be its own podcast. I mean, it is its own podcast. It, I'm, Hundreds I'm sure that of them, exists. probably. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you had a great idea of like, what if, um, kind of like our narrowing method. Like our narrowing method is that they have something to do with. Uh, representing martial arts maybe yeah and yeah so so yeah. the idea is that for uh the next little bit we like to do little uh, different uh episodes in the uh, in between arcs so for the next little bit we're going to be doing different animated movies from all around asia for uh, our interludes so for the first movie that we're going to be doing in this little exploration of animation, we are taking a look at Havoc in Heaven, also known as Uproar in Heaven, which is a Chinese uh, animated film from 1961. It's all about the uh, journey to the West, all about the Monkey King. And this movie's really cool. I'm definitely looking forward to to, yeah. uh, to talking about it with all of you guys. Yeah, so, and it's, it and it's fully available be... on YouTube, right? Yeah, yeah. You yep, it is too. available in full on YouTube. Mm-hmm. It is also uh, in a slightly higher quality on uh, Amazon Prime, but it is available in full on YouTube. So, Oh, nice. I've been a fan of animation all my life, <laughs> so <laughs> it's good yeah, that I'll be able way. to get to flex my muscles a little bit when we yeah, do these definitely. little interludes. And actually, similar to, uh, I would say, Underscore, you guys kind of do your uh, real changes where you kind of take a look at 
something on the side of what you mainly cover. And I think that'll be yeah. a good thing for us to do with Try this podcast like as well. Cleanse the palate or mm-hmm. something. Yeah. Love it. So until next week, where we're taking a look at Havoc in Heaven, I'm Matthew. I'm Marty. I'm Carlos. And we are the Heroes 3. Remember your training. Heroes 3 is part of the Mercado Brothers Podcast Network.